Concierge practices are gaining favor with patients and physicians. Stay tuned to find out exactly what a concierge practice is and why you might want to consider one. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today in the studio is Roberta Greenspan and Tracy Zirin of Special Docs Consulting, a firm dedicated exclusively to converting traditional primary care medical practices to concierge models. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of you, uh, would you like to answer or explain to the audience what exactly a concierge practice is and how it differs from a traditional practice? Well, in simplest terms, a concierge practice is one that where patients pay an annual fee to belong or join a much smaller practice, a more personalized practice, and for that annual fee, they receive certain amenities from the physician, uh, typically things like a comprehensive wellness exam, same-day or next-day appointments for non-emergent issues, no waiting in the waiting room, longer appointments. And they often get the physician's cell phone or home phone so that if they have an issue after hours, they're not getting the phone tree or the, the answering service, but they're actually getting the physician him or herself. They're basically buying the ability to own the doctor. Or to have him at their service. In a sense, that's right. It is like having your personal physician in your back pocket. It's like the king having a, a physician to the court. Personal physician. Yes. Okay. How long has this concept been around? Is this five years old? Has this been on for a long time, but we didn't know about it? It's been around for about a decade. I would say it began somewhere in the mid-90s. There was a small group, just two or three physicians on the West Coast in Seattle who were the physicians for the Seattle Supersonics. And because of the level of care that these particular athletes received, the physicians found as they flew around on the private jets and accompanied these athletes to the Mayo Clinic or whatever kind of specialty facility they needed to go to, that these particular athletes were maintaining top form, top wellness. They were on top of everything that needed to be addressed medically with these men. And they felt that this was a concept that they could market to maintain their health and proactively focus on their wellness. So, so that's that, where it began. Did that group go out and start marketing it? Is that the is that the big MD VIP that we hear of? Or is no, that a no, group? that's a group called MD Squared. They have remained quite small. They're in Seattle. They began truly appealing to the elite. Their fees began somewhere around twelve thousand dollars per year per member. And they have only gone up from there. Last toll I heard it was in the mid to high teens. I'm really not certain. But about four or five years later, right around the turn of the century into the 21st century, that's when MDVIP came into being. I think they got wind of what was going on with MD Squared in Seattle. And Took they're and the ones. They, they did. They, they mainstreamed it. You mentioned the word elite. Is this a type of style of practice that is only able to be created with an elite clientele? Or are there doctors in uh, blue-collar areas of the world that are able to have a concierge practice? Tracy? Absolutely not. Um, certainly there has to be a certain socioeconomic base because there are, your patients need to have uh, – some out-of-pocket ability to pay for an annual fee. Our clients in particular, we have clients that range in their annual fees from $1,200 a year 
up to $5,000 a year. We are in the North Shore of Chicago in a studio tape recording this. I imagine you've transitioned somebody recently in the area around here. I was wondering if you could kind of take us through who this doctor was, what kind of things he was struggling with, and why he decided to call you and what you did for him. It's amazing to us. We speak to almost a couple of doctors a week who are coming to special docs looking for this type of transition. And we can almost script what they're going to tell us. Absolutely. It's incredible that all of these physicians feel the same things. They're frustrated that they're keeping their patients waiting. They're frustrated that they can't do the follow-up that they want to do. They're frustrated that when the patient need, gets on a new medicine, they don't have time to call and see how he or she is doing on this new medicine. So the care portion of it is very frustrating. On the other side of things, managed care and the insurance companies have forced these doctors to see more and more patients in less and less time. The reimbursements are continuing to decline. And believe it or not, the average primary care doc's salary is about $150,000 a year. And um, I believe that. <laughs> I know that to be true. Yes. And, and the connotation of the wealthy physician who takes off on Wednesday afternoons to play golf and drives around in a high-end vehicle, a Mercedes or whatever, is truly a thing of the past. That's really a fallacy today. Ladies, um, what, is it, what does it cost? This is the Business of Medicine show. What is an average fee to the client? And what can the doctor expect to receive in return? And what are your fees? The average fee to a client varies so tremendously that, honestly, Larry, I'm not sure I could really tell you what that is. DVIP, for instance, I know, takes one-third of the annual fee. Right. They get like $250,000 oh, a year for three years. Which no, five is years. Five so years. their goal is to Outrageous. make a million dollars in five years off of that particular physician. Right. So once again, the doctor is giving away his money Absolutely. to another third party. Absolutely. And so, again, from our sense, just because we operate differently, our feeling is that that, in a sense, is going from the frying pan into the fire. They have to pay a different piper, and they don't have the same autonomy that they have if they maintain an independent concierge practice versus going with a franchise. So if there's a doctor out there that doesn't know about you, they might choose MDVIP because that's all they know of. That actually has happened. Anecdotally, I will tell you that there have been several physicians who were literally on the brink of signing with MDVIP who has a mass marketing approach, and they're really out there. They're so highly visible. Yeah, they did come to my office and uh, brought in lunch and offered to do a um, a mailing or a phone calling to all my patients to see exactly how many patients would be receptive to that idea. So that brings me to my next question. How does a doctor know when he can actually pull this off? How many live patients do I need to have in my practice um, to be able to make this transition? Because most of them obviously will not sign up. Importantly, you need for most of them not to sign up in order for it to be a successful transition because we look at a, a variety of different factors when we are assessing a physician to see if he or she is a candidate for this. Um, number one is how long 
have you been practicing in this area? Uh, it's important to have longevity in an area because that will help lead to your patient loyalty. We say a minimum of seven years in the same location is a good rule of thumb, um, but certainly many of our clients are 20 plus years in the same location. Which is only to their benefit. Tremendously. <clears throat> With regard to the number of active charts, we refer to those charts, uh, patients that you've seen within the last 18 to 24 months. Um, we like to see a minimum of about 1,800 active charts. And the reason for that is, in our experience, about 50% of your patients you will not hear from. So if you send a mailing to 1,800 people, 900 of them are just not going to respond. And of those 900 patients that do respond, if you get 50% that are um, positive responses or joining, it's 450 patients, it's a very good outcome. And we do see that. And we're very selective. I think I'm segueing back just a little bit to your prior question. Um, we operate quite differently because we create a model for each physician that is right for him or her in that particular area of the country and that particular type of patient population socioeconomically and what the amenities are that they offer. So each practice is individually created. We're extremely selective about uh, who we take on as clients to do this transition. We have purposely remained very small, and we have done no proactive marketing. So it's all word of mouth, which is the best kind of advertising. And it's all across. We have clients all over the country. How many of these have you done in the last few years? How many practices oh have goodness. you transitioned? Well, we're over, I think we're just right around 25, and uh, which makes us the largest, more. maybe even be, we just got three new clients. So. <laughs> That's right, all in a row. I think we're closer to 30 at this point, but we'd have to go back and count. But How do you do it when they're uh, halfway across the country? We always go out for a site visit. That's an integral to our contract. To meet the physician, to meet his staff, we do some evaluation of his staff as if he's interested in that. We help them with the build out of their office space because the office space we really believe needs to look and feel different. And we always come back once the practice is up and running. Give me a range of what it costs in consulting fees to transition my practice to a concierge model. As we said, we work very differently. We take a non-refundable deposit up front of $17,000, and that's really all that we work on from the time that a physician signs with us until their letters go out. Then we take a much, much smaller percentage of the annual fees that come in for the first 18 months of their practice. And after 18 months, when I say much smaller percentage, I mean smaller than one-third. And once 18 months have passed, it really depends on how successful the client is. And it's important for us to connect with their success. The more successful they are, the more successful we are. But after 18 months, we were done. I mean, we certainly are there to help them if, or, or stay in touch with them. We believe that if we do our job correctly, that after 18 months, they should be up and running and able to continue it on their own very independently. We actually initially only contracted with our clients for 12 months. And we found that there was a little bit of insecurity at the end of the first year. Gee, this has been great. It's the greatest thing that's happened since sliced bread. But now I'm shaking a little bit. Right. Will the patient more, stay? A little more hand-holding. And they didn't need it. As the first year went on, they gained confidence and felt very good. But 
but there's that little bit of clay feet at the end. Will it roll over to the second year and beyond? So we found that we reduced our percentage dramatically. So we take, first of all, as Tracy said, far less than a third the first year and then an even smaller amount, less than half of that, for the second six months. In other words, the first six months of the second year. So altogether, it's 12 months at one percentage and then the remaining six months of the second year at a smaller percentage and we're gone. If we've done our job right, they don't need us. Where can my audience find out about you two? You can find out about us by going online. Uh, The name of our company is Special Docs Consultants Incorporated and so you go to www.specialdocs.com and that's S-P-E-C-I-A-L-D-O-C-S dot com And if anyone has a pen in hand, our direct line to our office is 847-432-4502. Roberta Greenspan and Tracy Zira, thank you so much for coming in the studio today. Thank you. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening.